You are listening to episode 33 of Podcast Sentai Power Ranger. This episode, Coming to America 2, Akagi Goes East. Everybody and welcome to this, the 33rd episode of Podcast Sentai Power Rangers and the end of this crazy week of releases, theoretically, assuming that I release everything how I plan to and not like, I'm not just saying crazy week of releases, even though this came out like spread out over a number of weeks. I am not sticky, but you may know me better on these here internets as Kuhan and I'm joined as always by my faithful minion lackey man servant Colton Clayton. How's it going, Colton? Woo! Talk fast! Yeah. Hey, in case you didn't notice, my audio quality sounds 8,000 times better than Colton's. You know why? Because I have a real microphone right now. Well, they couldn't possibly hear your quality because of how fast you're speaking. Well, I mean, they still can hear the quality of the audio. Like, that's not that's not re- dependent on how fast I'm speaking. Well, they can't make up the subtle details that they would normally make out if you spoke slowly with a better quality. Well, sure, but they can understand what I'm saying. Actually, I'm sure they can understand better than they would have been able to with my crappy microphone. Maybe. I mean, my microphone's okay. And when I say crappy, I don't mean crappy. Like, my other microphone's pretty decent. It doesn't sound awful, but, like, this is test sex, so... This is Deus Ex. <laughs> so, uh, we don't really have much Sentai-related news or Power Rangers-related news, but I guess we sh- we could mention, since this is sort of a, a, a toku show, we, we we talk about tokusatsu sometimes. Because we are about to, at some point, add a uh, Kamen Rider segment, whenever yes, that'll happen. theoretically. We probably should have been adding it this episode, but whatever. Well, crazy we, stuff. we should have, because we already, for, we, we already have advertising mentioning that we do. Uh, I, I'll, 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 uh, I'll talk to Pez. Uh, maybe maybe we'll have a segment in this episode. I don't know, but so I guess I guess we'll we'll talk about it real quick. We'll talk about Common Rider Wizard. Um, you're a wizard. You're a Common Rider, Harry. I thought that was funny. Common <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Rider Wizard. Common Rider Wizard has been confirmed as as the next Common Rider, and then there's there's also Dice, who is apparently clown themed with a buddy named Alfred. Uh, that was all rumors, apparently. No, okay. Well, there's, there's Dice. Dice exists, right? Well, suppose maybe could be fake. We don't know. Okay. All we know, all we, we know, know for Wizard. sure is that we know that the show is called Kamen Rider Wizard. That's all we know. We know Kamen Rider Wizard, and we've heard, we've heard, we've heard tell of dice. We're not sure if it's if it's dice exists or not. Oh, oh yes, we we need Kamen Rider dice just so he rolls a twenty sided die and then does his attack, and, and then, then he has to roll then, a damage roll. Well, no, he, he has to roll a twenty for for Wizard Dehension. No, no, no. Twenty would be a critical hit. Right. Which means they do max damage. That'd probably like for a finishing move. I don't know. Whatever. Like he's roll initiative, wizard henshins. Ah, it's funny. Uh, he'll 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 just have the Millennium Puzzle with him. <laughs> what? So he can cheat and make the dice land whatever side he wants. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, or he'll he'll use the force. He'll call in uh, Qui Gon Jinn, and Qui Gon Jinn will be like, "I want the die to be on red," and then it'll be you on know, red, and then he'll save Anakin Skywalker. You know, maybe it's just because. And if you didn't know this, I finished uh, Maji Ranger recently, but uh. Maybe just because I just watched all of Maji Ranger, but uh, with how lazy I think Toei is with all the crap they've pulled in years, why am I not just imagining that they just looked at Wolzard Fire Suit and said, slap a driver on him and call him Kamen Rider Wizard? Uh, I can I can imagine that happening with Toei. Remember Dragon Ball Kai? Yeah, because look 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 at Wolzard Fire. He already looks like a Kamen Rider. Uh, I mean he doesn't have the the beetle. He he. Common Rider generally have two eyes as opposed to one big visor. Well, he looks like he could run into that family. 
A little bit different, but mostly the same. Um, yeah. Plus, it's a badass costume. Uh, it is a pretty awesome costume. Um, yes. So, Kamen Rider Wizard is confirmed, and I expect nothing but Harry Potter references. It should be out in two months or so. Yeah, I uh, it's just like he's gonna be called Harry, and his his villain's gonna be called his villain's gonna be a dragon, right? Called because because Draco. Right. It's gonna be hilarious. Oh my god. Hello. Voldemort. I don't know. There's gonna be just you know, and it, and it's gonna cross over with uh, Dino just so they can have the magical train. And then uh, and then the Kamen Rider Wizard is gonna be portrayed by the same actor who played Kai in Maji Ranger. Of course. Because why not? With that red streak through his hair that he had in Gokaiger? <laughs> yeah, it's appropriate. I'd, yes. I'd watch. And then when he loses his power, his driver's broken, he's gonna pull out his, uh, gonna pull out his magic <laughs> phone his and, and turn into Maji Red. Maji, 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 and they're like, what is happening? Hold on. What is going on? And then, it'll, and then it suddenly becomes the best crossover ever as it officially makes Super Sentai and Kamen Rider canon in the same universe. And then, and then, uh, uh, and then at the same time, both Decade and Captain Marvel has come out. And then Beatbuster shows up and is like, what's happening? What is even going on? Hold on, wait, aren't you my brother? No, hold on, what? Yeah, yeah after I stopped being a magician, I went in to be a, uh, to be a scientist. Yeah, I became an engineer. Uh, you know, whatever. That, that just happened. I mean, <laughs> when we gave up our power to the Gokai, I just decided, I'm going to get a new one my own day with Blackjack and Hookers. I forget the powers. Except he did get the powers, and he didn't get the blackjack or the hookers. So, well, he did get the power. He transformed. Right. Exactly. He did get the power, which is, but he didn't. So he didn't forget the power. He just forgot. <laughs> Clarity, my ass! I didn't hear that too clear. Anyways, um, let's. Our rambling aside. Yeah. So, so, Comrade Wizard, Colton, you're gonna watch it, and I'm gonna watch eight episodes and then drop off like I did with Forza. You should really should give Forza a chance. I mean, it's the most Sentai-like Kamen Rider I, I've no, seen. No, it's not like I didn't give Forza a chance. It's just I just stopped. I just, it just sort of dropped off my radar. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, Forza. Oh, I'm like 20 episodes behind. And then 30. I'm like, oh, I'm like 30 episodes behind. Probably 32 at this point. 32. Yeah, I mean, I, I, obviously, I was I we was like episode 20, 40. When I, when I thought I should come back, I'm like, oh, well, now it's around episode 28. I think I, the first time I thought I should come back was around when Meteor first showed up, right, or something like that. So I'm like, oh. I'm so far behind, forget it. You know, I'm, t- I'm telling you, if you want a good comrade to watch, watch Double. It's one of the best. I'm going to watch Deno. Eventually. Don't watch Deno. It's so weird. Yep. So, uh, so Colton, hard to watch. Colton, are you, uh, are you excited for Wizard? Are you, is it Magic Common Rider? Well, I, I have just uh, spent the last about week, around last week or so, injecting magic straight into my veins. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited. I need my fix. Getting kind of itchy, you know. The veins, veins are burning. Really, really need more magic. Ah, magic! <laughs> well, um... Okay, then. <laughs> I guess... I directly injected crystallized magic into my veins. Crystal magic, specifically yes, my, okay. Specifically my eyeball. Uh, yeah, so I, I guess I'll be excited to watch some wizard. Uh, I don't know. I'm not much of a comrade guy. Uh, he, he's got, he, the top of his head has to be some sort of wizard hat. <laughs> well, I mean, a, po- a pointy wizard hat. Forza, Forza's head's kind of pointy, so. Well, he's more like a space shuttle. Well, right, but whole, like, uh, but I guess, I guess, I guess it could look. just be like sort of pointy, and then there's just sort of like a ring around his head. I don't know. That looks that. Was, 
in my head. There should, there should there should be a living creature made of his helmet that talks and tells him that he's in Gryffindor. Like I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking of of, of Gryffindor. I'm, I'm thinking of like like his head being pointy and and sort of a cone shaped, and then there being like a ring around his head, and it just looks really stupid to me. And I'm hoping that they just they don't do that, and they just somebody just does a bunch of fan art of him with a wizard hat, and that'll that'll work fine for me. Oh come on! You don't tell me you don't want him to just be uh, in the middle of a battle. It's like you know you could be in Slytherin, you know, burn all the burn all the good guys. Like stop telling me to burn things. And then the villain's just like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy and his talking hat? They're like we don't have the rights to that. Stop. Tali doesn't care about rights. Haven't you seen Dragon Ball Kai? <laughs> and that's two references to Dragon Ball Kai being lazy and stealing. Oh yeah. Um, I love Kai. Dub. Nothing else oh, about it. Man. Uh, Kenji Yamamoto. The music was good, but so, uh, that's because we've heard it in other movies. So, we spent the last 12 minutes rambling. Yeah, uh, I guess we should, uh, talk about the, you know, Sentai. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, it's time for Buster. Buster, Okay, folks, it is time for Buster, which I just said before we went to the music and then said again because I wanted, I, I was just going to say Go Busters and then I realized that is a word they say. They say it's time for Buster in the show. Anyways, so Go Busters, uh, we're going to do episodes 16 through 18 because, as you know, we like to catch up to things because we're always behind in the show. So, episode... Episode 16 is The Man Who Came From Subspace. While they think that Masato can finally give them the answer they're looking for, the Go-Busters learn that Beat J. Stag is trying to force his way in through one of the chutes for Enetron before shooting it down. After getting a few cans of Enetron, Jay says that Masato helped him enter the world before he takes his leave. Deciding to follow him to Masato to get the answers they're looking for, yet being a bit fearful about what they might discover... Hiromu continues onward while the others go to the Yubara district to intercept the metaroid Paraboloroid. Paraboloroido. Uh, however, finding Masato and asking him about the other scientists who were also sent to subspace with him, Hiromu finds himself fighting the genius before they assume their go-buster form to take their fight to a warehouse. By then, after eluding Ryuji and Yoko, Paraboloroid locates Beatbuster as he and Enter step into the two go-busters fight. As Enter restrains the Beatbuster for answers, Paraboloroid uses his homing missiles to shoot the primary Go-Busters before Beatbuster lets one of the missiles lock onto him, killing them both as the missile explodes. However, as Enter reforms, Jay uses his marker system to recreate Masato. Revealed to be an avatar of the real Masato, stating his intentions to fully return to the real world with the primary Go-Busters' help, he and the others transform to fight Paraboloroid and the Bugglers before the Parabolozord arrives, which Enter manually controls. As Blue Buster and Yellow Buster destroy Paraboloroid, Go Buster Ace fights the Parabolozord before being restrained by Bugzords. With Beatbuster deciding to help, he has Stagbuster summon their own Buster machines, the BC-04 Beetle and the SJ-05 Stag Beetle. The BC-04 and SJ-05 siphon the Bugzords of their Anatron before destroying them, as Go Buster Ace does the same to Parabolozord. Later, revealing that he was not with the other scientists, and thus having no idea what became of them, Masato gives the primary Go Busters a Christmas music box. Now knowing their parents are alive, 
Hiromu and Yoko resolve to save them and the other scientists. Which is funny because it's like not a Christmas episode at all. Woo. Christmas episode. <laughs> In June. Uh, Colton, what did you think of episode 16, The Man Who Came From Subspace? Well, it's about a man who came from subspace, so... That is it's true. At least it's an accurate title. That's the first thing I wanted the to... The title is, in fact, accurate. <laughs> Which you would be actually be surprised on some shows where they really don't bother with that. Yeah, right. Uh... I really did enjoy the episode because I, I really do like uh, Jin Masato, a.k.a. the Beef Buster, and his partner, BJ Stagg. Yes, Maggio. A.k.a. <laughs> Tin Man. That's what I'm going to call him. Tin Man? Yes. <laughs> what? He just wants He just wants a heart. Call him Iron he's Man. Perfect. He's Iron Man. Hey, he does drink a lot. Who also does not have a heart. See? Perfect. Okay, we're we're updating from Tin to Iron. It's, I mean, you know, it's, I a mean new, it's a new age. I mean, he does have a heart, but like... You know, because that's why Loki couldn't, because he had the thing. Anyways. <laughs> In any case, uh, the episode itself I thought was nice. We get to see, uh, get to learn a little bit about the uh, the man behind the suit. We get to see uh, his whole setup. We get to, you know, I think it's very interesting to go back to uh, the whole uh, starting up the small team and then building up. Because uh, since we started watching uh, Sentai, we've only seen series where uh, it's already been a five-person team. Well, I mean... We started watching with with Go Kaiser. No, technically, uh, Go On just started with the three, and then it quickly built to five. <laughs> Awfully quickly built to five. I mean, it built to five within the first five episodes, but still. Uh, and honestly, I think it's been a while since it started with three and went to went to five. You know, slowly. I think, I think, because uh, because even I guess Geki Ranger. Uh, Geki Ranger did it really differently from what I was saying because they did one Ranger at a time. Well, did it? Okay. Well, Geki Ranger did. But I mean, no, it didn't. No, it didn't. Because I know, I know. Well, it did. It did the first three, and then four, and then five. Right. And so did Abu. Abu Ranger did the same thing as well. Which did the first three, and then four, and then five in the last episode. Five really waited a while to show. Because he was a villain for a while too. Uh, at least I think they did in the last episode. As far as I remember, I don't know. I didn't. We haven't actually well, watched Abu Ranger. We, we we really need to watch Live Man because with that one, it's like we're a three person team. Forty episodes later, hey, want us, want us to join you? Right, right. Sure. So, so it's been a while since since it's been a while since it's been a three person team for a long time. Because I know, I know, uh, Geki Violet joined, I think, by episode eight or something like that, and so did uh, and Abare Black also joined by episode seven or eight or something like that as well. So, uh, so a three person team isn't doesn't usually stay three people for very long. Because I know in this instance they waited long enough to make it the uh, the sixth Ranger time. Yeah, because I know I know. Uh, uh, Kabuto Ranger and Kuaga Ranger in uh in Hurricane also joined around episode eight, I believe. It's it's just I think a nice change of pace to have it uh just be a three person team for an extended period of time. Right. Yeah. So 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 I mean technically I like we're I think this is going to be a five person team by the end, which we haven't had since Geki Ranger, a, a, a ending with a five person team. Well, actually, this this is the five person team now. So right. I think it's going. All they have to do is not change anything. Right. That's what I'm saying. Is since since. Because usually they stop introducing, you know, recently at least, they stopped introducing new rangers at a, by episode 16, 17. Uh, well, Magic Ranger introduced their sixth ranger episode 20. Right. So it, around that general time, in, a, a little before the middle, uh, like like a, a month or two before the middle, is when they stop introducing new rangers. Um, and so so theoretically they probably won't introduce any more new rangers, but... But it's, it's, ne- it's never too late for a uh, Deck of Master type character. Well, I mean, Deckmaster, I think, technically joined before. 
Well, yes, but you know what I mean. Look at Magic Ranger, how long it took them to get their uh, extra people around. Right, walls are fire. Um, I guess <laughs> I'm here for the last five episodes. I guess four. I don't remember when when uh, when did uh, Bokinder get Zaban again? Zoom zoom. That wasn't what? an answer to my question at all. <laughs> well, it was a sound effect. That's good enough. Anyways, um, it, was, it, was, it was around the middle of the series at least. Cause he was, past, probably past episode 25. Because he was the last extra hero we got, right? I, I think so. I mean, 30, there was no one in 31. Oh, 31 did kind of have extra heroes, but they were really extra villains. I guess, yeah, right. Ryo and Melee. Yeah. But. Uh, Go Andre didn't have one. Shin Kincher kind of did, but kind of not. Yeah. Really replacing a Red Ranger. Team Michigan Red's a little a weird case. And then. And then I mean, Ghost Sager definitely had one. Ghost Sager definitely had one. <laughs> well, you could also try to count the uh, little mecha guy who uh, joined with their giant robot as one, but he was kind of a robot he, buddy. He didn't have a key, so he doesn't count. Um, so he should have had a key. He was an arcade machine that turned into a giant robot so, that merged with other giant. So robots. the last, the last one who who really counts as an extra hero. Um, Obviously, Rio and Melee started as villains, became, you know, they, they sort of became kind they of They joined the guys. team like the very last episode. Right. So they, they, they're, they're, they're a different case because they already had toys. Um, and, uh, and Himeshik and Red was also a really, di- a super different case. So, um, so I guess the last I think one. Zuban is fair. So Zuban, yeah. So I guess Zuban. So I guess we could get a Zuban type, uh, extra hero character. Uh, that could work. I mean, we, one could almost count a Stagbuster as a cup of character like that because the, the non-human helper, but he's got a ranger form. That's the only difference. Yeah, yeah but he does have a ranger form. I, and I mean, like, Cheetah's also a non-human helper. You know, I'm waiting for him to transform into the sixth ranger. That would Sheds be- his armor. And, he get, and that would give, uh, and that would give, uh, Red Buster a new power. Foreshadowing! Or at least that's what, that's what I, I bet you anything that's what's gonna be the, uh, He'd, he'd, he'd be the like, I, he'd be like, I told you, Hiro, I could, I could do it. I told you, I told oh, you. And, and, yeah, and the Japanese version is that, but when it comes to America, it's like battleizer mode. Yeah, it could work. It could work. Um, I mean, that's what they basically did with Zubon. They turned him into a battleizer. Right, I know. Sentinel Knight, and then he becomes the. Well, no, because because didn't hold. No, never mind. For some for some for some reason, I thought they had that in, but no, his sword mode was in uh was in Bokanger. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, so the uh, episode episode sixteen, which we sort of veered off a little bit. Uh, episode sixteen, uh, yeah, I, I liked I liked the idea that that Jin isn't actually here, like he is. It it blew my mind because I'm like, hold on, what what is even happening? That was a very good important bit of backstory right there. Totally, don't understand what is going on. Uh, how is this? How does this, what? Um, he's like Dark Side. He's just sending avatars to the real world. But uh. But I, I thought it was I thought it was an interesting story and uh, interesting idea and like basically, basically technically if they if they destroy Jay, then they don't have to worry about Jin anymore, which is interesting. True, no one's gonna be able to project him. Right. Yeah. Although they they, they have to be aware if, if they keep up, they might get a uh, Jin's wrath. He'll use his Omega effect to erase him from existence. Ha. Huh. Um. Or maybe he'll just send him through time. Go over time and space. Uh, yeah, they just they they just an entrance through time. He crashes into the into the time ranger's mech. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So I thought I thought this was a pretty good episode. We got some good backstory on Jin, and um, and I mean, technically he's like I don't know what happened to the others, but he's like, well, I mean, I'm okay. So theoretically, maybe they're okay too, right? So uh, so maybe everybody's gonna be okay in the end. Maybe. All right, so uh, the next episode 
is it's 17. 17. And Which is the traditional Six Ranger episode. For, well, I mean, 16, 17, 16-ish is the Well, 17, 17 was uh, both for uh, Zoo Ranger, the first one, and as well as uh, Gokaiser, because they wanted to emulate that. Right, but approximately 16, 17, 16, 16, 17. So 15 was actually a little early, earlier than usual. But um, Whereas Magic Shine came in at 20. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so I guess the the the, the episodes with, <laughs> I guess I guess Magiello is just like, listen, I can't be normal. Uh, his actor, he's like, I can't, it can't be normal. One, it's got to be either super early or super late. We got to be crazy, Sentai, yo. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's better than following the sun, which Magic Shine did. Just what? That's okay. That he will be the fourth member of Sun Vulcan. Damn it! That doesn't even make sense as a joke. He, he, he is Magic Shine. He has the power of the sun. He will join Sun Vulcan. Um, the next episode is uh, episode 17. Its name is Go Buster Beat. After using the GT-02... That sounds like a very strange vegetable. <laughs> After using the GT-02 to drive the BT-04 and SJ-05 off an Enetron tower, Ryuji confronts Masato about siphoning Enetron just as the others arrive. Before taking his leave, Masato tells the primary Go Busters if they're able to defeat him, it will be once they're strong enough to face Messiah and subspace while noticing Ryuji's reaction to his teammate's resolve. Meeting with Ryuji alone, Masato confronts the man about him losing his desire to become an engineer and what gives him the drive to fight. After stating that keeping his word to Hiromu and Yoko is all the reason he needs, Ryuji receives a call from Kuroki for him and Masato to arrive to the Iwaguchi district to give the latter a supply of 2,000 trons of Enatron. However, having followed Beat J. Stag, Enter gets on the RH-03 and takes the Enatron to create Forkroid. Forkroid? made out of a fork, as the tank crashes into the water with the resulting Megazord. Oh, yes, the, the, the most powerful of Megazords. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, to, to, with the resulting Megazord presumed to be the new model Enter Prepared, which was designed from the BC-04, transporting to reality in a minute's time. Uh, assuming they're fighting forms, the Gobusters battle Forkroid while the Forkzord appears. However, as Gobuster Ace and the RH-03 are deployed to fight it, the Fork Zord re- releases the new model Megazord, based on BC-04 specs, from its body. If, if the Fork Zord doesn't fork you up, nothing will. As the Gobuster O is defeated by the bootleg Megazord and the Fork Zord, the Beat and Stag Busters finish Forkroid off, before coming to Bluebuster's aid as he uses the GT-02 Gorilla to shield the others from the enemy Megazord's attack. While having it and the SJ-05 attack the Forkzord, Beatbuster tells Bluebuster to fight because he needs a real, personal reason to enable him to win. Motivated to become an engineer again, once the Vagras are defeated, Bluebuster uses the GT-02 to siphon the remaining Anatron reserves of Gobuster Ace and the RH-03 to help the secondary Buster machines destroy the Forkzord. From there, Beatbuster activates the BC-04 Beetle's transformation into Gobuster Beat. As a mortified enter teleports away, Masato gives Ryuji engineering books before taking the man's money as a payment for the books. As Masato leaves, Ryuji finds himself being asked for money by everybody. Oh yes, technically he says he's older than him because he says he stopped aging at 27 whereas Ryuji's 28. My favorite thing was uh, in this episode and the next episode actually, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, he, he says, um, what, is, what does he say? Uh, uh, um, Masato, when he, when he's, when he's transforming into the, uh, into, uh, Go Buster Beat, says, uh, hold on, I copy pasted. He says, uh, time to work my magic. And then, he, and then he does the same, he does the, And uh, then he does, yeah, he, then he does the, he does the, uh, the Brock on thing that they do in Maji Ranger. Yeah. It's like, I was in Maji Ranger, guys, just so you know. 
Subtlety. In case you forgot, I was in Madra Ranger. Just so you know, I was I was the yellow one. Just just in case. Just. I, I mean, I know you probably don't know, but I'm stabbing you in the ass with this Maji stick. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, Colton. Uh, I really liked episode seventeen. Yeah, I think they should have called the episode "Go Fly," though. I don't. Go fly, match, 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 ranger. It's actually, it's actually, go, go fight, go fight, match, match, right? Isn't it? I think you might be right. Well, let's call it that. I think it's go fight. Go can, fight. Can you tell I have? Can you tell I've had four hours of sleep? <laughs> See, mm, G the future. Okay, all right. Alright. They should, they should just they should just make the episode title the entire song lyrics of the three minute full version. That's what it's yes. It definitely should be Go Fight Maji 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 Ranger She in Jita Future. Okay, alright, you know what any Yes <laughs> Just keep going. Green like, Brown, Pink Storm, Blue Splash, Yellow Thunder, Red Fire, Pokemon no Kitina. <laughs> Yeah, just, just page Maji, after Maji. page after page flies by of title screen. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. And then, of course, it gets to the parts that you might not have heard, but I've heard because I have the song. I have the song as well. And then they get to the talking about what each mech is. And then I can't understand their pronunciation. Tauros. Yeah, I know. It sounds like they're saying uh, for that one, Bearu. I just think of Bearv. That is what I thought, too. Um. Anyways, so, uh, so Colton, what did you think of, what, of episode 17? Besides our terrible references, I really enjoyed the episode. I mean, it's nice to see uh make the uh, new Megazord do something, show its new form off. Because really, really, uh, the new one is uh, number four is uh, the same as the uh, Go Best Race. It's it's the main body of a uh, set of mechs, so uh, it has that own form and can fly it. And uh, very clearly, they showed that uh, the engineers involved in uh, making stuff for uh, the the Vagris are uh, pretty crappy compared to Jin Masato because. Which is which is funny because actually actually now now that you, now you mentioned that 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 it's like that is uh is actually another throwback to Die Ranger where the same thing happened actually uh the the sixth Ranger's mech the uh, Kiba Ranger was its own mech just like just like the Red Rangers was and the other mechs could combine to it. <laughs> they love referencing Die Ranger apparently. So I I mean like because well there's there's there's, there's been there's, I mean that's, that was the other throwback to Die Ranger was that that the Red Ranger's mech is its own mech. So, uh, so it's interesting how they, um, they did that again, here. Yeah, it's a very good mech. Anyways, uh, I, I, I kind of like, like I said, like, uh, how they, uh, showed that, uh, his original design, even through memory, was better. Because they had to go through all this effort, get all this Intertron, build all this material, get rare materials they couldn't get. Steal, steal yet, the blueprints. And then, their hard-earned mecha gets destroyed in one fight. Right, yeah, and and Jin like had to scrounge for whatever he could find, I assume, in in uh, subspace, and also build it from his own memory of like, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, let's see, it was this and this. And not not only does it function better, it looks so much better. I mean, did he find a whole bunch of buckets of paint or something? <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, let's see. Uh, let's, oh, you know what? Here's a uh, here's some gold spray paint. That's. <laughs> Strays that I found this in subspace, <laughs> and did he? And, he, and did he just, uh, just, just like start uh, choking out one of the, uh, one of the, the, the bugglers until they uh, did their awesome proper, proper English voice to narrate for his machine? Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe Jin is the uh, SJ zero five launch. Maybe he's the. It's uh, time! It's time for stag attack. It's like okay, you served my purpose for recording. Now die. Maybe, maybe he's the um, the subspace 
emissary. Ha <laughs> ha. Smash with his bra. Ha. I have a better, uh, or the better, uh, or BJ Stagg is a more awesome voice than we realized. Yeah, right. He's just, he's just a really good voice actor. Um. That could be his job when he, uh, when they come back after the mission. He can move on to be a voice acting robot. That would be very interesting. I would, I would watch that show. I would too. Yeah, it was a great episode. I can't wait to see more of what the Mexicans can do because they still haven't combined yet. Uh, you didn't mention the, you know, plot, uh, with, with Masato and, um, plot and Ryuji. Uh, oh yes, where he's not actually fighting for his own dream, and that's why he's gonna why they would surpass him because right. he's just fighting to protect something. They're right, fighting exactly. because they and, want something. And 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 I thought that was really great. And uh, how he's like, listen, you gotta you gotta find something that you actually care about and fight for that instead of like, oh yeah, I made a promise. <laughs> let's, 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 let's see. Let's see how it goes. We go from Subasa fi- fighting for uh, believing in courage to a uh, Masato Jin, where it's like, be greedy, you son of a bitch. <laughs> well, want it's, something? It's, Stop caring about other people and want something. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's you got to care about something. Like you can't. I mean, like, like it's not. It's not be greedy. It's you know they they're, they they want to save their parents, but like he doesn't have anything personal. Like right, like like Subasa. Subasa's like, well, I want to fight for courage and my family. Fa- well, I mean, like cause that, that's kind of personal. That's the other thing about about Maji Ranger. It's all about family. A magical family at that. Yes. Uh, whereas, 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 this is like this has you know family elements. Like they want to save their family from subspace. This is Magic Ranger with technology. Uh, this well, not not at all though. Um, the, <laughs> it's kind of sad though for Ryuji because I think he still has a legitimate cause because he was raised with these kids for a number of years. I mean, even if uh, I mean, even if he's not uh, as close as it would be a normal family, he's still like a good friend, you know. Well, I mean, you know? he was he Isn't was that raised, a good enough reason to fight. He was raised with Yoko. He's kind of like Yoko's older brother. Exactly. That kind of like that's to fight that's for. about it, though. Like he's he's he is like an older brother to Yoko. That's that's it. Oh, what are you trying to say, Ruth? You can't be an older brother. No, he can, but he's not. He's like an older brother to Yoko, and they were raised this way. Like that's and so like I like I like the idea that's like listen. Uh, I'm fighting because I want to be an engineer. So, uh, screw you guys. I'm going to take your Enatron. I fight for what I believe in. What I believe in is stealing Enatron. <laughs> and and I, lo- I love that, like, hold on, wait, did he overheat or something? And, and, uh, and, uh, Hidoma's like, no, no, don't worry about it. One's better than none, right? Let's just, let's just go ahead and do that. Which is actually a smart strategy. I mean, if you've got two unfunctioning mechs and you have a limited power source, might as well at least take the power source from the unfunctioning mechs. Right, exactly. Although it would probably have made more sense for. You don't want to take the next, but you know, whatever. You know what I you know what I realized though in reading a uh, topic though? What? The entire premise of uh GoBusters would be ruined if it was premise. set in uh, pr- the entire premise would be ruined if it was set in a universe where all the Sentai exists because uh because all the Bokan guys would be like, Oh yeah, well we just believe in ourselves and our mechs have infinite power. This by the way, is the second time on, on this show that you said premise, and I'm mean, like, what are you even saying? I, I say premise when I'm tired. That doesn't. I don't even. How does that even make sense? My brain is not functioning. That's how it makes sense. Episode eighteen is called. Uh, crap! I just closed the thing. Episode eighteen is called Cooperative Operations. Three thousand meters in the Earth. Uh, this is kind of a filler episode. Basically, it's um. There's the, the Megazord arrives immediately. Like as soon as the episode starts. Like by the way, Megazord's here. Uh, turns out it's it's deep underground trying to take a trying to take a reserve of. Of unharnessed energy, what was the word? Um, unprocessed, unprocessed, unrefined. Un- unrefined. Yes, of, it's trying to take a reserve of unrefined Enatron, 
and uh, it's 3,000 meters below the Earth, and they can't really jump down. And you, you know, from a legal standpoint, they really don't have one because this is not even claimed uh, material. Yeah, I don't know, but it's, it's bad guys, so whatever. Um, is well, they're, they're, they're not exactly a governmental force. I mean, they're just uh, in, uh, guys working at the energy company. We don't know it's not illegal or not. Um. So, anyways. So, so they, they weren't going to attack anyone. So they have to, uh, they have to go down and, uh, and stop the, the megas, the megazord, but they can't really jump down or anything. So they're like, all right, well, we'll just fight the metaroid. And it turns out that the metaroid is, uh, is another drillroid, uh, reminiscent of episode eight. Episode a more eight, country, country drillroid. Uh, yeah, I think it's just more of a stupid one. Uh, but they, 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 they gave us country in the subs to let us know. By the way, he's kind of an idiot. Might, uh, might be, might be a, uh, Osaka kind of guy. He could be. He could be like like Goku and Chi-Chi. Or or he, or he could just be Sokka. Uh, so I had to throw it back to Avatar. Yeah. So, anyways, so so yeah. So there's another. So they they fight the Drillroid, uh, and uh, and he gets away. And uh, Jin comes and is like, by the way, I got this awesome plan. So come with me. And they're like, tell us the plan. It's like, no, just come with me. Like, tell just tell us the plan. And he's like, all right, I'm gonna show you a picture of a chicken, Hiromu. And he freezes, and then, <laughs> and then Jin just tra- he tries to pick him up. He's like, "Oh, you're too heavy." So he just transforms into into Beatbuster and just picks him up and starts walking. It's like Ryuji, come on! It's like, what is even happening? It's like I'm a, I'm gonna take your Red Ranger now. So they so they go uh, and and turns out his plan is to to lower him down using using BC04 and and use the fight. crane on the crane. Use the crane on the crane. Makes sense. And uh, and so they they have to they have to um, two bugzords. Uh, Ryuji has to protect protect uh, Jin's. Ryuji has to protect Jin's mech from being stopped so that so that he can pull Hiromu back up. Hiromu has to fight the the Megazord and the two bugzords that are underground because there's one there's, there's two bugzords above ground that Ryuji has to fight. There's two there's a Megazord and two bugzords underground, and Yoko. And Jay have to fight Drill Drillroy, and they they work on teamwork and stuff. And Yoko runs out of calories, which only happens, by the way. Yoko only ever runs out of calories in filler episodes, in case you haven't noticed. Um, basically, almost always. There's I think one or two times that it's been otherwise, but uh, Yoko. So so Yoko runs out of calories, and Jay's like, by the way, lick this tree sap. And so she licks the tree sap, and that's lick my branch. So that counts. Uh, so that counts as as calories, and it, it does technically. Yes, it does. So she's able to. But technically, she could also be probably at the tree bark and get calories. So they're able to. They're able to fight. Well, she needs. They specifically say sweets. So uh, I don't know. Who knows? So she. So she's able to fight. They fight. They beat the drill roid. And then Hiroma sends the drill zord up, and Jin fights that, and then finally they win. And Jin's like, "Oh yeah, so um." It's cool that you let me fight the 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 main the main dish, uh, and then like and then Yoko's like, yeah, we make a good team. You uh, you told Jada to to fight with me, right? And and she's like, why well, you have to tell her that, blabbermouth? And then they start fighting because they're like seven. Yeah, I I like seeing the uh the the different mech fights all going at the same time and uh how BJ Stag's thing is. It's like I don't do anything you say. I do what I do only what I say. And it's like. And then he said, "I should tell myself to do this." So <laughs> yeah, yeah. this. He, he suggested that I order myself to do this, so I did. It's like, it's like, it's, you know, I'm not even going to tell you how that's wrong. 
<laughs> and, and then he gets mad at him for blabbing. It's like you didn't tell me not to say it. Yeah, you did. You did not suggest me not to say it, so I said it. He's such an asshole. Um. Yeah. So, uh, so episode eighteen was was you know was pretty. It was a nice little vignette, I guess. A nice little uh, vignette. Like it's it's always clear when it's not written by by Kobayashi that it's just going to be a filler, and so this wasn't. This was written by Nobuhiro Mori as opposed to uh, Yasuko Kobayashi. Well, so. the advantage of uh, Ko- uh, Yatsuko is that uh, she always writes a ninety percent of her episodes, right? Which is pretty rare for a head writer, right? Well, and, and so so episode eighteen is part of the ten percent that was not written by by Kobayashi. Basically, yes. Um. You know, it's not rare for a headwriter to do in is in is in Korra, where where uh, Brian and and Mike wrote all twelve episodes, um, and they ruined the last one. Yeah, they did. Uh, Korra's cast coming soon. Uh, not really though. It, 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 it's interesting when you see like uh, her particular writing style because uh, you always you always know when you get the kind of kind of shows that she does things a little bit different in each one. Like uh, you got your you got your uh, Shinkendry, you got your Dino. I think yeah. she did uh, Time Force or t- in, Time, Ranger. Time Ranger. I think I think so as well. Yeah, which I guess I guess that maybe why we have so much stuff that we can talk about random Time Ranger references for some reason or another. Yeah, we can go over time and space. What can you say? Uh, you just—is that the only thing you know about Time Ranger? Uh, I know that that there's a future version, the past version of the guy, and the future version's an asshole, and the six Rangers from the past as well. The four from the future. So anyway, and the, let's, and, the, uh, and the girl in the American version was the guy in the Japanese version, and he impregnated a girl. So I want to imagine the adaptation: that girl actually impregnates another girl through future time magic, and then this becomes like some kind of Mori episode where we have to have a discussion over. Uh, or they could just change it to the, either the blue or green ranger, and there wouldn't be a problem at all. Why the, must you ruin everything for me? The pink ranger from Time Force, by the way, was in How I Met Your Mother. Just so you know. She was Ted's younger. She was she was Ted's younger sister. Is this recent or an older thing? It's uh, season four, I believe. That does not tell me if it's recent or not. We're in season seven now, I think. Oh, okay. Or maybe eight. I don't know. It was it was I think two thousand seven or eight or nine. <laughs> Is seven or eight or nine? When definitely, they're... definitely, definitely before twenty ten, and after two thousand six. It was sometime last decade. I think it was oh eight or oh nine. I think. It was the Christmas episode, and and it was it was Ted's sister, and she was played by the Pink Ranger from Time Force. Anyways, <laughs> back on topic. This whatever we're talking about Power Rangers. Uh, so uh, that's it, I guess for GoBusters. So let's talk about an unofficial Sentai. <laughs> That's right, everybody. It is time now for Hikonin Sentai, Akiba Ranger. See, I didn't say that's right in Go Busters, even though I normally do, but I said it in Akiba Ranger because I have to say it at some point in the episode because I've mentioned that I say it, so now when I don't say it, I think people like think, holy crap, he didn't say that's right. You sound very neurotic. Um, yes, Akiba Ranger, episode number 10. This episode is called The Painlessly Inducing Curse of Z Into a New Chapter. Wow, that's a mouthy title. That's, that's, have you not watched Dragon Ball? Yes, but that's what it reminds me of, those kind of Dragon Ball mouthy titles. Um, 
At Cafe Himitsukuchi, Hiroyo Shozakagi, Mitsuki, and Yumeria, the original character illustrations of Aoi Ichikawa and Malshina, done by her father. She explains to them that Takehira was a genius who earned his doctorate at age 21 and became a top professor at 24 before marrying her mother. They divorced when the otaku spirit he tried to repress since high school made him pursue a career as an animator. After struggling for a few years, Takehiro landed his big break with when Studio Bell Village approved his character designs for their project. He worked sleepless nights to create Malshina and other characters who would become the Stemma Otsu Corporation's chief clerks. However, the studio felt his works were too dark and violent in contrast to their more popular Moe and Yuri styles. And after having disagreements with the chief animator, he was fired from the studio and ostracized from the industry. He was hired because they liked the style, but then they saw the style and then they fired him. Uh, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> after returning to the we field of science, because you designed for a series, these designs are terrible. Why did we ever hire you? After returning to the field of science to pay for child support, Takahiro made breath. Takahiro made a breakthrough by discovering the Moe Shinsuki particle, a parallel universe of particles that react to electric impulses in the human brain and be- bring delusions to reality. Then one day he disappeared, along with all of his research. At around the same time, Hiroyo left college and landed a voice role under the pseudonym Shuri Toyozuki, an anagram of her real name, Hiroyo Suzuki. Takahiro was at first happy for his daughter, but had lost all hope and turned evil when the studio hired a younger artist to rework his original character designs into what eventually became GQ and Aoi. During the wrap-up party following the release of the series' final episode, Hiroyo received three Moimoi Zikun's units and her father's concept sketches from him, who wrote to her to use them to do good in the world. At first, she was happy that her father made the units in appreciation of her success, only to realize that they are the catalyst for his twisted goal to bring his delusions into reality. Because of this, Hiroya wishes for the trio not to be involved any further in her family matter. As days go by. Reflecting on these revelations, the trio take a walk around Akihabara when they encounter a motorcyclist who saves a puppy in the middle of the street. Mitsuki and Yumeri are immediately attracted by the man as he waves at them before leaving. Suddenly, the trio are ambushed by Delu Knight, Dr. Z's new lieutenant. Determined to take down Dr. Z's organization and help Hiroyo bring closure to her family matter, the trio transforms into the Akiba Rangers, which suddenly unleashes a surge of pain within Hiroyo as a scorpion tattoo crawls from her chest to her throat, and she starts coughing out blood. During the fight, the lieutenant reveals to them that Hiroyo is already feeling the effects of their use of the Moe Moizikun's units in the real world, and the more they use them, the closer she falls to their curse. Meanwhile, at Stemma Otsu Corporation's secret base, Dr. Z orders Malshina to lay off all the 40-plus chief clerks, as he has no use for them, much to her dismay. After overpowering their penultimate cannon with his delusion Mirage Slash, Delu Knight is ordered by Dr. Z to retreat, as he prefers to continue seeing them tortured during lunch tomorrow. Back at Cafe Himitsukuchi, Akagi gets a phone call from Sayaka, who thanks him for saving her from Asakusa Alpaka. The motorcyclist then enters the cafe and introduces himself as an Interpol agent. He reveals to them that according to Takahiro's research notes acquired by the C- CIA, the Moe Moe Jikun's units contain a curse in the form of a scorpion tattoo that crawled from the Malsina illustration to Hiroyo's body. Because that's how technology works. Sure, makes perfect sense. The more often the Moe Moe Jikun's units are used, the closer the scorpion crawls to her throat before she loses her voice permanently. The agent opens a metal briefcase revealing 20 candles, 16 of which are lit, indicating the number of times the Moe Moe can be used before the curse is complete. Lastly, as an assurance to protect them, the agent reveals himself to be Takuma Suzuki, Hiroyo's younger half-brother. He tells him that he will work with the Japanese police to track down the Stemma Otsu Corporation. 
After Takuma bids them farewell, the phone rings and Kotsko picks it up, hearing that the Pentagon wants to recruit Akagi into the United States Department of Defense due to the leadership skills he displayed in the Asakusa Alpaca incident. Akagi is very concerned about his teammates and their mission to stop Dr. Z's evil scheme should he decide to move to the U.S., but the trio and Hiroyo come up with a great idea. The next morning, Takuma arrives at the cafe, playing his trumpet before introducing himself in front of everyone as the new Akiba Red. So, tropes and references, like we do every episode, Colton. Remember that. We right. do episodes? Good point. Um... <laughs> I unintentionally burned us accurately. Moe Shinisky particles are a parody of Gundam's Minovsky particles, possibly also a play on Moe Shinu, which means to love something so much you want it to die. You want to die. I hope I never love something that much. Master Kaku is a character from Die Ranger who defected from the Gorma to form the Die Ranger. The scene where Takuma saved a puppy could possibly be a shout-out to a particular plotline from Flashman, where there's a scene of a melodramatic save of a puppy. The puppy of this scene and the one from Flashman are both of the Shiba Inu breed. Takuma Suzuki is played by Taki Shinpei, twin brother of Taki Manpei, who played Geki Blue on Geki Ranger. Shinpei also made an appearance on Geki Ranger Lesson 38. Biba Biba, another Retsu. The gloves of his character's wearing have a similar pattern to the Geki Changers, transformed item of the Geki Rangers. In Akiba Ranger, Cause grabs a picture of Monpei to point out the Akiba Rangers, the Kuma, and a similar appearance. Wow, I have no clue why I instantly forced emphasis on random Japanese words. And also pronounced Takuma wrong. And Takagi? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Shinpei, Manpei. Right. Shinpei, <clears throat> Bon Bon. Part of Yumeria's roll call, guns reimagined as cute girls, is a reference to Upote. Upote is also written by Naru, Naruhisa Arakawa. In this particular thing you've copied and pasted, Nobuo's name is spelled wrong. Shut up. A lot of people hate that. In Nobuo's roll call, <laughs> God damn it. He, he mentions Commander Arashiyama from Taiyo Sentai Sanbaru Khan. A modern Sentai show has an average run of 50 episodes, which is also normally the average number of featured monsters of the week throughout the series. Malshina's line alludes to this fact, mentioning that 40 subsection chiefs are still on the payroll, since 10 episodes of the Kiba Ranger have already gone by. So, 40 more chiefs would be 50 episodes. Nobu thinks Delunite resembles Silva from Bioman, Chodenshi Bioman, by the way, in both appearance and rank. Chodenshi being super electric, of course. When Takuma revealed his Moe Moe curse tracker, it turned out to be a reference to Jiu Ranger's Budai slash Dragon Ranger. Budai had a limited lifespan represented by a green candle. What? That happened in Power Rangers. <laughs> Each time Budai steps out of his hibernation room, the candle burns, diminishing his remaining life. The sound playing in the background is the tune of, of Jyosoken, Budai's weapon. The scorpion could also be a Power Rangers reference. In Lightspeed Rescue, Ryan Mitchell, the American-exclusive Titanium Ranger, was placed under a curse where each time he morphed, a cobra tattoo would slither up his back, and once it reached his neck, it would kill him. In Hakusei's case, when the scorpion reached her throat, it would take her voice away. Uh, not the worst possible punishment. Well, for a voice, actress, voice actor. It's not, uh, not necessarily the best. I- I'm sure insurance covers magical scorpion curses. Uh, I don't know. I mean, she just has the... She just has the, the um the cafe, so... Yeah, yeah, that's a business, at least. The part about the Pentagon wanting to hire Nobuo shares similarity in Sun Vulcan. In Sun Vulcan, the original Vol Eagle was invited by NASA to join them in the United States. 
He was then replaced by Takuki Hiba, the second bull eagle. And like like he points out, why would a random company just hire you from America? <laughs> why not, not a random company? The Pentagon. Why would they hire a random Japanese guy who has no discernible skills or English ability? When Takuma arrives again and announces he is the new Kiba Red, this is a possible parody of Ichiro, the titular Kikaido 01, who announced his arrival by playing a trumpet. And finally... The commercial for DX Moimoi Zukun 01 aired alongside this episode is a faithful representation of the commercial for the official Sentai toy merchandise. The voiceover is done by Tesho Ginda, who also does the voiceover for official Sentai toy commercials. Right, and so that is a Keeper Ranger episode 10. Tropey, nice and tropey. Uh, the last one that was, that was, that was super tropey, uh, seeing as the next, the next few episodes are just sort of very self-referential as opposed to super tropey. So, um, in this episode, I was troping my balls off. Yeah, man, I was, it was just, yeah, there was, it was very, uh, Sun Vulcan. Very much, lots of Sun Vulcan references. I think that was the general idea when they replaced one red for another and sent a red off to a U.S. government agency and then. Yeah. Right. Yes. So, Colton, what did you th- you already talk about? What did you think of this episode? I I really enjoyed the reference. I mean, I haven't seen Sun Vulcan myself, although I do dream of doing that in the near future. Maybe <laughs> d- I love that. I I dream of watching this this television series that was made for children. <laughs> well, I would have watched it by now, but uh, maybe after Mystic Force, who knows? Anyways, uh, I I really like the the nice little nods of that, and also can't you can't forget the uh just subtle nods of uh Geki Ranger because you know. Hey, this is the twin actor of the brother who played Geki Blue, and that was even referenced in Geki Ranger when they used him as uh, his twin. Right. Yes. So yeah. Um. What's his? Oh man, I already forgot his name. Uh. Uh. Takagi Shinpei appeared in Geki Ranger as a copy of Retsu, who was played by his twin brother Takagi Manpei. He played. He played a copy of him in Geki Ranger episode thirty-eight, as we mentioned. So many copies. Biba Biba, another Retsu. Yes, another Retsu indeed. Which which was interesting because because uh, actually, um, in 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 some episode of Jungle Fury, I, I guess I guess uh, the the Blue Ranger Jungle Fury also had a twin brother. So uh-huh. they so they just introduced that character's twin brother randomly in the episode as well, which is funny that that both both Geki Blue and Jungle Fury Blue have twin brothers. Of course. Geki Blues, Geki Blues, Geki Blues actor and, and Jungle Fairy Blues actor, not the characters. Did you expect anything else? Well, yeah, they don't, I mean, they didn't have to copy the, the copy storyline. I don't think they, they, don't, they, they wanted to do it once. You can let them do it once. I, mean, I don't even, could, I don't, I don't even think they did copy that storyline. I think he, there was a completely different story where he just, his twin brother sort of showed Coincidentally, up just have the twin brother. Yeah, like I think everybody just sort of thinks he's Theo because, because in, in Geki Ranger, um, in Geki Ranger, Geki Blue and Geki Violet are brothers, whereas, in in Jungle Fury, Geki Violet is very white, and Geki Blue is Asian. We could have been adopted. I'm just saying. Either one could have been adopted. We don't know. Someone was adopted into someone's family. Uh, anyway, so uh, episode 10, Colton, what did you think of, of the painlessly inducing Curse of Z into a new chapter? Uh, overall, I, I would give it high marks. But this series has just, just been great from beginning to nearly the end. Yeah, uh, I liked the introduction of Takuma, and uh, and I did know I did note to Colton that it was very interesting that they introduced a new ranger two episodes from the end. Uh, I don't think th- I, like I'm like I don't think that uh, that Akagi just wanted out of his contract. Uh, I'm pretty sure that this is something plot relevant, and that either he's not going to be a good fit with the team, or he's a villain, or something. 
Uh, I, I really, I really actually thought that he was that he was going to be like he was a bad guy working under you know like his father. You know, Doctor Z is his father, so he's like, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was actually working for my father the whole yeah, time. That's that's what I that's what I thought, or at least that he would turn out to be a comrade Excel. <laughs> he does. He does look shockingly like Excel, and he wears and he that red leather jacket. Exact same costume. He dresses exactly like he dry. He rides a red motorcycle. He look. It's it is shocking. Like you haven't is, even seen Double, and you know that. Well, I mean, because somebody mentioned it on Tumblr, and and I looked up Excel, and like, wow, this is weirdly similar. That's freaky, man. He wears the same red leather jacket. He drives the same red motorcycle. I mean, I don't know if it's the exact same, but like, it is. It is a shockingly similar substitute. Um, Indeed it is. Uh, so, uh, so, anyways, uh, yeah, I liked I liked the episode. It was it was pretty good. It was nice and tropey, and uh, yeah. And so the next episode is where Kai goes off to America. Supposedly, it's uh, <laughs> I wanted to. Uh, what's the uh, coming to America? Coming to America too. <laughs> coming to America too. Sentai Boogaloo. <laughs> no, Akagi goes west. Oh come on! You, you gotta, you gotta at least, you gotta at least have a uh, James Earl Jones appear in the movie. I guess technically he's going east. No, yeah, James Earl Jones, Eddie Murphy's there. Everyone's there. <laughs> yeah, they they just randomly welcome in, welcome in into the family. <laughs> they, they all they all they all happen to work at the uh, at the Pentagon now. Oh no 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 no! no. <laughs> coming to I, I like I like coming to America too. Akaki goes east. They, they they all work at the uh, the snack safari in America now. <laughs> no, but he's working. Uh, whatever. Anyways. So the next episode is called The Second Generation is a Fresh and Painless Warrior. Shortly after Takuma introduces himself as the new Okiba Red, everyone at Cafe Himitsukuchi bids their farewells to Akagi, who hands his Moe Moe units to his replacement before heading off on bicycle to the Pentagon via Atsuki Base. He calls Sayaka to bid her farewell, but she tells him that her grandfather has invited her to work and his company in Virginia, making Akagi more excited to travel to the U.S., Meanwhile, Dr. Z announces the dissolution of Stemma Otsu Corporation and the birth of the Delusion Empire, much to the surprise of Malshina, and as Delu Knight summons the organization's first Mozoborg drill cyclops, which is much easier to say than any other villain they had previously, and I thank them for Delusion Empire. It's almost like this entire show is changing directions. Almost. Takuma Mitsuki and Yumeria, now wearing color-coded jackets, rush out to confront Delu Knight and Drill Cyclops, despite their initial concern of triggering Hiroyo's curse with their Moe Moe units. Meanwhile, Malshina and a Shatiak are seen walking by a park when Akagi accidentally collides with them. After a brief argument, Malshina explains the change of atmosphere in her organization and the takeover of her position by Delu Knight. Hearing this and thinking of his departure from the Akiba Rangers, Akagi explains that in the Super Sentai series, new villains are introduced mid-season to shake up the storyline. Then he realizes that his departure from the Akiba Rangers is parallel to episode 23 of Taiyo Sentai Sun Vulcan, and introduces that the world is a TV show and they're all characters in it. To prove his theory, he folds his Atsuki base gate pass in, into a paper plane and throws it off the bridge, only for it to be picked up and thrown back to him by a police forensic expert collecting crime evidence on the river below. He then realizes that by experiencing raised stakes, plot twists, and a cast member swap, the characters have triggered all of the flags for a Super Sentai mid-season. Akagi also fears that Malshina will be written out in the process. Suddenly, while Akagi begins to crumple the gate pass, an American Secret Service agent and two soldiers appear and open fire at them, killing the Shatiak, while Akagi and Malshina run for cover. As they enter a tunnel, Malshina tells Akagi to rejoin his comrades while she uses herself as a shield against the soldiers. Back at the battle, Hiroyo and Kozkos upload data on Drill Psychops' weak point to Akiba Red, who uses it to help his comrades destroy the Mozaborg, because they 
have all this uh all this new technology which they can now somehow manage to get and they can send stuff to his visor because uh it's totally normal with the help of boken red who appears somehow and the use of akiba red's surge jaguar attack which appeared somehow the akiba rangers then force delu knight to retreat to a car park there they meet up with akagi who tells them that the world they live in is a tv show called unofficial sentai akiba ranger as further proof he stops an advertisement banner scrolling on the bottom of the viewer's screen while Mitsuki and Yumeria read it aloud. He then deduces that someone from above is attempting to change Akiba Ranger from a nerdy parody into a full-fledged Super Sentai series, pointing out the battles moving into the real world, Dr. Z's revelation to Hiroyo, the arrival of Delu Knight, and Takuma replacing Akagi are indicators of the mid-season change. Takuma receives a text message from Interpol, ordering him to return to the organization, thus confirming Akagi's theory. The lights at the cafe suddenly turn on, and Hiroyo's curse disappears. Just as Delu Knight appears to confront his new rival, Takuma hands his Moe Moe Zikun's units back to Akagi before speeding off on his motorcycle, leaving the executive director in frustration. He just he just okay. he walks off, and then the, the motorcycle just appears, and he just rides off in it. Immediately, the second he steps off panel, a bike just shoots by with a helmeted guy. It's great. I, I like to imagine that they, that they just that that they didn't like it wasn't like edited or anything. They just sort of. Made him step over there and then had a had a stunt double right off on a motorcycle, as opposed to like having him step and then cut quickly. I like that one better. Um, <laughs> this this is just a sudden shift. I think I think if you look closely, he sort of he sort of runs by like the motorcycle starts coming out just before he's done getting behind the thing. Like I don't think it even gives him en- enough time to run behind the thing. It's hilarious. Oh, this whole setup is just brilliant. <laughs> Akagi begins to worry as Takuma's departure has signaled the end of a mid-season change and he's unsure of what will happen next. At the Delusion Empire headquarters, a wounded Malshina tells Dr. Z that he is being manipulated by a greater power, and she pleads for him to revert to his original ideals of reforming the citizens of Akihabara and giving the world his anime works. He does so, but the viewer's screen flickers and he reverts back to his evil self, banishing Malshina from the Delusion Empire as he shoots at her. Akagi, Mitsuki, and Yumeria return to the cafe, now pondering on what will happen to them as someone from the production side is manipulating the show and reality for their own satisfaction. Uh, tropes and references. There was, there's not a lot this episode, actually, because it was mostly just uh, self-referential. By the way, we're, at, we're living in a television show. Um, but during the opening, Hiroyo, who is the narrator in this episode, as opposed to Akagi, who normally is, states that the opening will be changed the following week. It was not changed. It was not because she says, "She says, uh, don't worry, Akagi. We'll change it when you next week for for <laughs> for Sukasa. for us. Uh, was it? Wasn't I almost called him Sukasa? What was his name again? I forgot. I forgot as well. It doesn't Takuma. matter. Takuma. The Akiba Rangers receive their team jacket, the traditional of a Sentai series. There are a few references to Jugen Sentai Geki Ranger in this episode. Notably, the roll call is sem- similar to the Geki Rangers, with a phrase followed by an English word before the Ranger's name. It's also the first time where Yumeria states her ranger name, as well as the first time since episode 9 that Mitsuki does not do kicks and flips during her roll call. Because it, it was interesting, they're like mind, body, heart, it's like amazing ability and something, something, I don't know. Fantastic technique! Unbreakable yeah. body! Amazing ability! Uh, as a keeper red, Takuma Suzuki can perform the Surge Jaguar attack, protecting his, projecting his energy as a jaguar a reference to Shinpei Takaki's twin brother's character, uh, whose Geki Beast is a jaguar. 
And uh, there was one more thing uh, that I wanted to mention. It was not the trope of reference, but um, <laughs> but when when they do when they did the uh, the uh, the eye catches, they did one of the three together, and uh, and <laughs> instead of like. So instead of Akage, they just sort of they just sort of uh, photoshopped in a picture, a, a video of of um of of uh, what was his name? Oh crap! I already forgot. Uh, Takuma. It's right there. That, of Takuma that, that's exactly what Toei would do. From the previous episode, they sort of they sort of had a little slide in there, and he's just sort of standing there, like, "What up?" It was really funny. Um, Colton. Yes. Uh, this episode was. So good was the cray cray, yo. It it was it was it was so good, my bro. It's what I needed, man. It's my fix. Uh, what'd you think of this episode? I I really like the setup where they're starting to really build up towards a oh this is a TV show oh this isn't real oh this is obviously what happens in the middle of the show and this is a reference to Sun Vulcan and there's no way life could be that coincidental and oh I threw this piece of paper it magically got thrown back to me and then the Pentagon showed up. Yeah, that was. I, I, I mean, I mean, even if your show did become self-aware, there's a point to where you realize you're just making a bad show by trying to force the characters to do something. <laughs> which we find, which we see in the next episode. Um, you, you know, what would be great in in the world where this is actually a TV show and not just a uh, stunt. Just the people in the audience watching, like, what the hell just happened? I just, I don't even like. I don't even know. Like, it's it's so weird because like it's like. Uh, you know, like this, this is this is something that like I've always thought of, right? Like, like what if what if characters in a TV show or like characters in, in a story you're reading are like, yeah, by the way, we're totally self-aware, but it's like, but also, how can they, how can they become self-aware and have to fight the producer? Because like this is an idea that I've had before. Like, you know, they're self-aware and they know and they have to fight their own producers. I have thought of this before in my head, but the reason I never did is like, well, I mean. The producers can make them do whatever they want, and they, we kind of start seeing that they're still being like even even when they're trying to fight the producers and the writers, they're still being written by the writers. These are still lines. Like he is being told that he's becoming self-aware. That is that is written in a script that he's becoming self-aware. So how is he actually becoming? Have uh, <laughs> I don't I don't even know. It's like it it doesn't even. That that's that's what I've, that, that that's always been my problem with doing a story like that. Is like, well, when the character realizes that he's being written, then how can I keep writing him because he is being written? Well, they they could always just escape from the show and go into the real world, right? And then the show has to end because because they're in the real world, and also how are they in the real world because then they have to actually be in the real world. The story just doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. Uh, uh, just just live action foul, Albert. That's all I need to say. But the, but that's different because Fat Albert was, it was still it was still in a fictional world. Like they knew they were fictional, but they they knew they were fictional in that world. They didn't know that 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 Fat Albert didn't know that he was he was still fictional. Because <laughs> like because like Kyla Pratt was was still in this. Uh, have you actually seen that movie? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so too. Actually, I have. Anyways, uh, going off that reference. Uh... You know, it, it kind of reminds me of one trailer I've actually seen recently called uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, like oh yes. Oh, my God. Wreck-It Ralph. Oh. With, that, that's, with all the video game that's, character that's, references. That's a Pixar movie, right? Oh, my God. I'm so excited yeah. for Wreck-It Ralph. That's going to be so good. Or he's like, I don't want to be the bad guy. Dr. Robotnik. Like, he's just sitting there. Dr. Robotnik is sitting there in the support group. 
M. Bison, Bowser. Like, what is even Zongief? How did they? How did they get all these rights? I don't even know. Can we just do a podcast about that? That trailer? I want to do yes. an entire podcast about just that trailer. Hello, I'm Zongief. I am bad guy. Ralph, you are bad guy, but you're not bad guy. Oh my god, that was so good. Okay, um, <clears throat> a keep ranger, a keep ranger. There's no place like home. <laughs> home. There's no place like home. Uh, yeah. So, what are you saying? But yes, uh, it, it, it's a very interesting concept, and I'm glad to see they're doing something with it. But uh, I, I, the, the only fear is like a, you know, uh, you know, you don't know if you can take it too far. And uh, what's interesting to me is uh, I wanted to see, I wanted to see reactions of people in the universe with this with the show that that wasn't the idea that they gained sentience, where the show was supposed to be written, but they magically came to life. So the show writers are just pulling this stuff out of their ass. I want to see audience reactions. Uh, isn't wait, hold on. Isn't that what we're doing? Isn't isn't that this no, no, show? No. Hold on, wait, no. hold on, wait. I don't even know. Wait. No, 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 no. You misunderstand. <laughs> what I'm saying is, I want to see reactions of an audience within the show that are watching the show as if it's not what a Keeper Ranger is, but an actual parody that somehow came to life. Isn't that this show? No. We know that a Keeper Ranger is fake and is supposed to be pulling out the fourth wall. Zivahaba. I don't even know. I don't even know. You don't know, but I know. I don't even understand what's going on anymore. I don't even... What is life? What is love? Baby, don't hurt me no more. No more. Um, All right, so episode 12. Most painful times. Farewell. Delusional Sentai. Sup. No more. After much deliberation, everyone at Cafe Himitsukushi concludes that the true mastermind behind the manipulation of the reality is Saburo Hatte, the pen name synonymous with every Super Sentai series, which is great because which which, which we actually only learn because they watch the credits and then find the name. Because they watch, they're like they're like we sh- they're like the person who must be in charge of it must be the person who is starting off in the credits, and then the credits starts like and then, and it like there's a little thing like by the way this is who it is. Worth worth a note that name is just applied to uh, unnamed uh, Toei producers randomly throughout the entirety of a uh, things. So it's not even referring to any real person. Right. That, that's why. That's why it always said "quote unquote" he in the subs that we watched. Well, I'm I'm like, well, shouldn't they be mentioning uh, Inamori, the creator? No, I, I don't, oh, you mean of of Sentai? <laughs> of Sentai, of Common Rider, because of, te- of of Cyborg Zero Zero Nine. Te- technically, the person behind this, they, they, it would be Arakawa would be the person behind. I mean, I, mean, I know he's been dead for like the head, the twelve head, years. Head, but that'd be a great story. He comes back, black as night, all the zombie to produce the series. In an attempt to keep up to keep the universe existent, they create subplots of their own, such as Yumeria creating a relationship with Cosmos and Mitsuki introducing her undefeated high school rival Mio Usagi. These plots, however, quickly become resolved once they're introduced with, with Kosuke saying, I've always loved you, with Kosuke explaining that she's always loved you, Maria, and Usagi just having broken her leg and quitting martial arts. She just quit. Akagi then attempts to, to deepen his relationship subplot with Sayaka, but she brings closer to it by revealing to be a Super Sentai fan herself. Meanwhile, at Delusion Empire headquarters, Dr. Z is doing diagnostics work on Delunite when he is suddenly knocked out by Malshina. She then attempts to kill Delta Knight in his sleep, but he awakens and grabs her gun, announcing himself as the new leader of the Delusion Empire before gunning down Machina and Dr. Z. And he says, uh, he says, my response, in a crisis, my response time was a hundred times that of, of, uh, a hundred times faster than, uh, than the Japanese government. It's like, oh, is that a commentary? So Social, Social commentary! 
which we don't really get because we don't live in Japan. But I guess you can technically apply it to America and it still works. Well, you, you could also apply that toward the uh, disaster in Japan and really feel bad. Yeah, you can apply that to any country ever. Although, although we could just assume it's about uh, them trying to block uh, rights for anime fans and stuff. Uh, anyways, um, he then he, he then takes Sayaka hostage and calls Akagi to come out to rescue her, despite Akagi suspecting this is a plot trap set by Saburo Hatte. The Akiba Rangers succeed in rescuing Sayaka before they face Deadly Knight at, at an abandoned warehouse. Oh my god, the abandoned warehouse scene is so good. During the battle, Deadly Knight tells the Akiba Rangers that Dr. Z and, and Malshina have both been sent to hell. Seeing this as an attempt by Saburo Hatte to end the series, the trio cover their ears while Deadly Knight speaks... He's, weird. he's like, he's like, he's like, uh, I will defeat you for good. And then I, <laughs> he's, like, he's like, you will be destroyed. I will defeat you for good. And then I'm going to return home to my fiance. And like, no, stop, stop talking. You're just telling us you're going to be defeated. <laughs> so, it's, like, it's like every line he said was the most cliche possible way of saying I'm going to lose. I was going to, I was going to retire in two more days. Um, That's the only one that was missing. If he just said that, then it would have I was two days from retirement. Um, I guess that's more of an American thing. Uh, demand- well, it, would, it would fit. Demanding a final battle with Akiba Red, Delo Knight takes his sword and damages his own chest armor. After the Akiba Rangers refuse to fight him, he charges at them, only to be shot in the chest by Dr. Z and Malshina, who reveal that Malshina's gun only works on monsters. I guess. I thought it was machines. Uh, maybe, I don't know. The duo then tells the Akiba Rangers that their battle is not over until Dr. Z confers the citizens of Akihabara with his own ideals. Then, the viewer's screen flickers and Dr. Z reverts to his Delusion Empire persona, ordering the launch of the giant robot Boomerang Titan. Oh, yes, that was great. It's like, we're going to have this uh, long, delayed confrontation over the next six months. It's like, yes, yes, it's like, flicker, I'm going to destroy you now. As the Akiba Rangers and Malshina leave the warehouse before Boomerang Titan destroys it, Dr. Z resurrects Delu Knight to pilot, the, to pilot the giant robot and wreak havoc all over town. Suddenly, Machine Natasha appears and transforms into a Tasha Robo uh, before growing into a giant size and grabbing the Akiba Rangers to engage in battle with Boomerang Titan. No, he just can't get away. Knowing that a giant robot battle triggers the flag for the series ending, Akiba Ranger destroys Natasha Robo by firing, by firing its missiles toward itself. He then offers to be stopped. He then offers to be stepped on by Boomerang Titan, but Akiba Yellow throws a soda can that sends one of the flying boomerangs back to the mecha, resulting in Boomerang Titan being destroyed by its own weapons. <laughs> Akiba Red rushes to save Doctor Z before the mecha's uh, before the mecha's severed head falls on him. As Sayaka and the crowd run to the Akiba Rangers and surround them to thank them for saving their lives, Dr. Z walks away while the trio make a mad dash away from the crowd. The trio arrives at the cafe to see Dr. Z and Hiroyo confront each other. Dr. Z asks his daughter for forgiveness, but Hiroyo refuses, seeing as seeing this as the end of the series. The trio convinces her to come to terms with this end before she runs and embraces her father. Akagi, Mitsuki, and Yumeria then leave the cafe to face Malshina and her Shatiaks before they join forces in an attempt to destroy a giant The End sign. The combatants... Oh, yeah, it's like, we're going to fight off for another six months at an undefined conclusion, but it's like, nope, the end pops up. The combatant suddenly sees Saburo Hate off-screen before a hand slaps the viewer's screen shut and Akiba Red yells, It's not over yet! The end. No, there's, there's another episode next week, but it's like a, it's apparently a, a look back, so we don't know. Uh, oh, you know something's going to happen during that. Uh, real quick, there's only one trope slash reference, in, and that's uh, Deadly Knight being revived to pilot Boomerang Titan is a reference to Goggle 5, where defeated monsters are resurrected to, pil- to pilot a giant robot instead of being grown. It's also a connection to Biohunter Silva, who Nobuo previously compared with Deadly Knight. 
In Bioman, Silva piloted his own giant robot, which was called Bizion. Or ba- Balzion, maybe? You should remember him. He did appear in Gokaiju. Silva did? A giant robot, I mean. Oh, I, I do not remember that. Well, Silva, I'm pretty sure they did. Silva piloted a giant robot, so I don't... I, I know at least they referenced that and the fact that he also appears in uh, Super Sentai Cross Kamen Rider. Well, I mean, haven't seen that, though, so... We will. It is Balzion, by the way. Uh, Colton, the final, technically, the final story episode, at least, as far as we know. Yeah, I, I, I really like the giant robot Balzac, which is what I'm going to call him now. The giant robot's name wasn't, like, it was referencing the giant robot. It, the giant robot's name was Boomerang. Yeah, but he's a reference, so that's why I, that's what I named him, since he was such a reference. So you're going to call, so gonna call giant robot Balzac! Balzac, no! Not Balzac! That was a, you've seen that one, right? And then his Balzac explodes. No, you've seen that one, right? The 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 one with the nostalgia critic and uh, Star Trek with Balzac yes. the dog. Okay, the lizard dog. Okay. Anyways, poor <clears throat> Balzac. Boomer will live. Ah, <laughs> uh, right. So, uh, what did you think about this episode? It it it, it, it last episode it killed the fourth law fourth wall. This episode raped it. Carved up into pieces, stuck into a blender, ate it, shit it out, re-ate it, vomited it back up, atomized it, destroyed its soul, went back in time, and aborted it from existence. That is the fourth wall right now. And I mean that in the best way possible. That so was great. Does, does that mean that there's no more fourth wall? I'm pretty sure there's not. So that, I'm pretty sure it's going to be was going to occur in this clip show because does, does that we're going to the... Does that mean that Linkara's show was canceled? Because there's no more no, no, fourth no, wall for him no, to be no, a top. No, no, it, it's now in the rubble of the fourth wall. <laughs> but there's no, there's no bad rubble. Comics are just kind of soldering in the ruined ashes. There's no, there's no rubble anymore though, because because it was it was atomized and also aborted from existence. How is there rubble anymore? It was aborted from time, so now it's outside of the universe. So that's the really car has to do show. So it's so it's like the uh, it's it's like the source wall. Basically, yes. Welcome to atop the source wall. <laughs> I I always wanted to do a. Uh, I always wanted to do a cross with Linkara reviewing uh, uh, Jack Kirby's Atop the Fourth Wall. Or Fourth Wall. Fourth World. Damn it. The fourth... So I, I was, I was going to call it Atop uh, the Fourth atop World the fourth or Atop world, the Source or, uh... Wall. Yeah, okay. Continue. Yeah. Continue with the... My analogy got interrupted. You, anyway. you can ask Lewis when he comes on the show again, which will be never. Because he hates <laughs> us. Yes. He, doesn't, he doesn't necessarily hate us. We just, he's just not responding to us. Anyways, Colton. <laughs> we'll get Spoonie on and Blackjack and <laughs> we'll Hookers. Spoonie. He'll talk about Power Rangers. We'll, we'll, we'll just talk about that, and then we'll do a Power Rangers live-action role-play. We'll get you Oreo. All right, Colton, episode 18. <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be throwing salt Col- packets. Col- Col- too magic, Col- too magic. Colton, a Keeper Ranger. Oh, come on, he would be Magic Ranger. He'd be throwing magic packets. Okay, well, we're talking about a Keeper Ranger, so. Okay, no referencing current events, I understand. Uh, we're not taking sides on that. Don't hit us. Or are we? I don't know. Uh, we haven't discussed this. It's not important right now. Anyways. Whatever Lewis is on the side of. Colton! Relevance. Anyways, uh, rambling aside. <laughs> it's all gonna get cut. So, Colton, what'd you, think about, what'd you think about episode 18? 18? Yeah. Oh, 12. 18 of Go Watchers. Gosh dang it. So, Colton, what'd you think about the final story episode? Assuming the final story episode. Well, I liked it. It was a great episode. It had all of that fourth wall busting we all love. It was just insane, and then on the insane note, and I don't think it's going to quite be it. 
They said the next ones are going to be a clip show or whatever. Son of a know, bitch. But you know, a kind of a look back, behind the scenes thing, but you know there's going to be some kind of shenanigans where they're going to be like, I told you the show's not over yet, and then they're going to be like, season two confirmed. Uh, yeah. That's... <laughs> and, and In fact, they probably waited for the ratings for the first 12 episodes and sales of toys before they're like, you know what? Okay. Season two. Uh, yes, uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe there will be a season two. That would be pretty interesting if they just do a second, I mean, it doesn't seem in the spirit of Sentai to do a second season of Akiba Ranger, but who knows? But it doesn't also seem in the spirit to do a 13-episode series. Right, but that's, I mean, that's that's different, though, because it's like, all right, well, this is a parody series, so I don't know, who knows, we don't know. Maybe, maybe they'll just do extended episodes, but I don't know, they can't really, because they just said the end, who knows, we don't know what they'll do, but hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we'll see more episodes in the, in the future. Well, I mean... For uh, Son Volca, they brought back the villain from a uh, dingy man. So, why the hell not? Uh, they, they, they bring back Akagi as a cyborg. He's the only character from the previous series with a new team. Uh, turns out Akagi was was uh, no, I don't even know. Whatever. Yes, Akagi comes back dressed as uh, as Bandora <laughs> with the, with the giant cone breast. I could see it. I could see it. I could. I could, I, could, I could dig it. I can imagine that happening. Uh, given the series, I actually could imagine that happening. I'd fap to it. Um, <laughs> so, so, I guess, is, is that it? So. Is that it? So, Akiba, I mean, Akiba Ranger ended. It's, 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 it's pretty much over. Well, I guess, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll do a retrospective after they do our retrospective. So we won't do our Akiba Ranger retrospective until, until next episode. Uh, next, hopefully next week. Um. Hopefully. But uh, so 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 we'll hold off on our keep Ranger retrospective. But this episode was crazy, yo. Like there was a lot of a lot of self referential I don't even I don't even know, man. Like I I just I just don't. <laughs> I'm just I'm just my mind's still blown for the fact that they they understand that they're fictional characters, and yet still somehow try to stop the producers, even though clearly they're be written they're they're still being written, so they know their characters. So how do they not understand that they're, that? They're, they're, even their actions are still everything's written right it's all right it's i don't even know uh this was I, I did think this was a satisfying ending though like like when they were just fighting machina it's like yes okay that's 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 so i mean even if the show ends they're just gonna fight machina for another 40 weeks and then be done with it sounds hard about me but um but, i don't know so I, I like the ending i liked it more than i like the end of cora wink wink nudge nudge <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's easy to compare to uh, Core given the same exact so far episode size and ending about at the same time. Uh, ending ending on, I think the same day. Uh, probably, I think I uh, keep arranging it like the day before, maybe like Friday-ish. I, I don't know, Friday, whatever, around the same time, like almost exactly the same time. Maybe, I th- I th- th- Both used the most bullshit hacks in the history of the universe, but there's a difference. One was enjoyable about it. Yeah, so... um. So that that was Akiba Ranger. Uh, I, I guess I uh, so next week we'll do our Akiba Ranger retrospective cuz so cuz they're also doing their Akiba Ranger retrospective uh and we have we have to do some sort of retrospective on the show. So um I guess I guess that's it for Akiba Ranger. Let's move on into the feedback. <laughs> Uh, it's time for the feedback, and what I realized near the end of the Akiba Ranger segment 
is that we didn't actually talk about Megaforce yet. Which is a thing that we probably should do. Quick, add Lewis to the call. Seeing as we're a Power Rangers podcast. Um, so Megaforce has been confirmed to be based on Ghostsager. Uh, at least the Ghostsager footage. And, uh, and it's five teenagers with attitude. And according to summaries and press releases and stuff, it's not just going to be a straight translation. Uh, it doesn't seem like it, but at the same time, it does seem like they're doing little subtle nods and hints to the, uh, right, right, well, not, so, yeah. not so subtle not so nods and hints. Master Head is called Gosei, and, and the little robot buddy is called Tenso. I, oh, at least Gosei, meaning guardian, kind of fits Master Head. Well, it's, I mean, it means nothing in English, so. Um, he's, the, he's the head of the guardian realm, I mean, it kind of makes it. So. Although I'm still disappointed he's not called Zordon's ghost. Maybe he is, maybe maybe it's called Zordon's ghost say. <laughs> it's, it's, or he or he could be called Ghostie, but he could be like in my past life I was known as Zordon. Uh, but yeah, so so we are definitely getting a Ghostager adaptation. It, it does make sense to go for five teams with attitude, considering they have a floating head for a boss. Right. Yeah. So so yeah. So five teams with attitude is is back. Uh, I actually had a discussion with with. Uh, Ethan Daniels about about this. Um, oh, really? When you think about it, it's kind of like three teenagers with attitude, and there's uh, the water dude and Alita. Well, I mean, it's not going to be the same. But Andy had attitude. A little bit. It's a little more uh, preppy attitude. Uh, also, it was just nice to everyone. But uh, but but yeah. So we 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 so we we did have that that uh, we had a discussion about how he was saying it's it's a step back for the series, and I was like, well, I don't know. It's not really. Not really that, but uh, so uh, we, it's 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 not it's not exactly confirmed that it's it's not a straight translation, but it's kind of hard to do straight translation. And I think they've mentioned that's going to be different from the source material, so hopefully it kind of has to be with the whole uh, angel thing. If if Zachar's leaving, then maybe maybe we'll be it'll be good. I, I'm pretty sure at this point that that uh, Samurai's failings were more due to rushing to get it out in time for their uh, return, and uh, that we'll see that uh, this. Can't be worse. Well, and 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 Nickelodeon's crappy, crappy scheduling. Terrible scheduling. What the hell's wrong with them? Um, but uh, but yes. So uh, so I guess I guess I don't know, Colton. What do you, what do you think about Megaforce happening? Megaforce, by the way, I, I did a post about this on Tumblr uh, about how Megaforce is just—it's an extremely generic name. Like it is just the most generic thing you've. Megaforce could apply to any series. And um, I just I don't I don't like the name Megaforce, especially for a Ghostager. Now Megaforce could work for Gokaiger, uh, because as I said, it's generic, and that could work for Gokaiger. Generic makes perfect sense because they're every series. Megaforce could work for any series. It could work for every series. So let's make it work for the. It would work for the series that is taking taking the powers of every series. Which of is, course. Which is why I think Megaforce would work a lot better for Gokaiger. Whereas this is just sort of their. Mega, yay! So I guess they are uh, Mega Rangers. Hmm. Um. Uh, the other thing is <laughs> they yeah, they transform in, in the background. It says install Mega Ranger. The other thing I said was that uh, that Mega Force uh, would be the same abbreviation PRMF as Mystic Force, but uh, but apparently Mega Force is one word, which is another problem I'd say. But uh, but I guess I guess it makes it PRM. So. Whatever. RPM, PRM. RPM, PRM, yeah. Uh, but, I don't know, Colton, what do you, what do you think about Megaforce? Uh, n- 
let's say as as a name and then as an idea of of adapting Ghost Edger. Uh, the name it might be a little bit lazy and non-creative, but maybe they're trying to surprise us, or maybe they just copyrighted this name so long ago that they just don't want to bother changing it. Well, I mean, they they definitely they definitely had like at some toy convention Megaforce banners and stuff, so I doubt they're trying to surprise us. Oh, you know what I mean, though. When they copyrighted it, they originally like well over a year ago. Yeah, yeah, sure. They're just like, here's generic name. We save it now, just in case something comes up. But as for the concept itself, I don't mind because I'm one of the rare few that actually did like a uh, Ghostager, and I think you know with enough changes, it could be interesting for an American audience. But it needs to have changes. I mean, even though I liked Ghostager, I don't want to see the same thing but with Power Rangers. Right, especially since Shinkenger was definitely good. And uh, Samurai is not so much. I did. I sent a tweet out about this that I was editing episode thirty-one, and I could not bear to listen to us just talking about Samurai. Just us talking about Super Samurai was like, oh, this is just so bad. And I kind of like the sound of my own voice. Like it sounds pretty good. Just saying. <laughs> but but I just I could not deal with. Even even the sound of just us talking about Super Samurai because it was so bad. I guess that also might have something to do with the fact that we're reading the the Power Rangers wiki uh, summaries and those are not very good. Uh, but could be. But I don't know. Super Samurai is just just really bad. And so I'm hoping that that Ghost Ager, which I didn't like, I didn't like Ghost Ager. So I'm hoping that that Super that uh, that Mega Force isn't just a uh, uh, a translation of Ghost Ager and it, they actually do something original with the series. I, th- I think uh, I think uh, Ghost Ranger came onto its own once they uh, got in the Six Ranger and changed up to the second t- villain team. Well, I mean, I don't want to have to wait sixteen episodes to which, which I which I think series. in fact I which I think in fact was a nice touch, you know, uh, shifting up villain teams like kind of like uh, we had with uh, Bowkinger, but it's one team at a time rather than dumping four. Yeah, teams no, and that's that's, that's an interesting idea, but I don't I don't want to have to wait sixteen, seventeen episodes for the series to become decent. I want to if it's if it's bad in the first four episodes, then I'm going to drop off, and then oh, it became good. Oh well, what I don't want to have to go through those twelve episodes again now. You don't have to. You can just watch the ones you like. Right, but like you know, we were we were, we were thinking about covering it for the show, and and I and that's why I watched all of it. Right, just like uh, just like how I'm going to tell you now that we're not watching that we're not going to cover Magic Ranger, and you're going to no, I'm kidding. I will kill you. <laughs> um. With an axe. So, so yeah. So I don't know. I was I was not a fan of Ghost Ager. Uh, I I mean, I guess we're gonna have to watch like we're gonna have to watch Megaforce for the show. Like I'm not gonna not. So I guess I, you can manage one episode a week, right? For and, like seven weeks and then fifteen month break. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um. And so I think and I think with with that I'm also probably gonna go along and watch Ghost Ager as well as we've we sort of were doing with uh with. Shinkender and Samurai. Which we kind of stopped doing, but we should do again. Well, I mean, we kind of stopped doing because I didn't really want to look at the TV Nihon subs, and Shinkendernon is uh, is a little behind now. I hate to see. But um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully uh, we will we will uh, we'll we'll try to catch up now on um on Shinkender to catch up whatever they are in, in Super Samurai. We have another seven years to catch up, so. Yeah, plenty of time. <laughs> so not a not a big problem. But um, but yeah, in so fact, I, I might just might just rewatch the whole damn thing from beginning to end. I might too. Like honestly, but uh, but yeah. So so we definitely have the um, the we will we'll, we'll we'll definitely watch Megaforce. Obviously, this is that's what we do on the show. We have to watch the current series, no matter how bad it is. 
That's why we're watching Super Samurai. Um, at least that's why I'm watching Super Samurai. Colton doesn't even mind so much, but um, yeah, it's not as bad as some people say, but for some people, I can understand. But not uh, their cup of tea. But but yeah, so so we will we'll cover it on the show. We'll do all that stuff, obviously, and maybe I'll go back and watch Ghost Sager, and maybe it does get better. Uh, but I don't know. You know what could make it really good is if Masterhead was played by George Takei. Oh my! <laughs> like 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 that like that that Nickelodeon on uh, ripoff show that would be really good. Super Ninjas. Super Ninjas. Oh my God! I don't even remember the name. Wow, Takei. Oh, what is Takei even doing on that show? That is a paycheck. If you that's a paycheck show. If you ever if you ever seen one. Gotta pay for that honeymoon. Um. All right. So. So let's 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 talk about feedback since since that's what segment we're in and not the news segment which we sort of just moved late. I don't know. <laughs> moved back to. Yeah. Um so Colton, uh our first our first tweet comes from Professor Ware and he says, "Why do people hate Ghost Age so much?" Uh <laughs> topical. <laughs> topical. Uh it was a, I don't have it in front of me right now because my phone just restarted, but it was something 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 and Brajira as a BAMF. Colton, why do you think people hate Ghost Ranger so much? Well, I, I think it has a lot to do with uh, how the series starts. I mean, it's uh, it, 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 it starts kind of slow, I think. That's one of the things that uh, might set some people off. The characters are not probably what you expect when you first uh, hear about the series. Because I mean, Alata is a little, a little bitch. He is one of these softer reds, I will admit that. But I think that makes for a nice change of pace. Whatever, whatever. But uh, it, it does have an interesting style, but... Uh, you can really tell the start of the series is different from the latest part of the series because uh, the person who actually runs the series actually leaves the show and gets replaced. So it's actually quite a... I, didn't, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, so there's a very big tonal shift at some point. Yeah, maybe maybe then I should just check out the second half of the show. <laughs> that could work. It's got some very interesting villains, I think. I think that's where its strong point is. It's the villains and... Uh, it has one of the most recurring no, never-say-die villains in the history of Sentai. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's the most recurring never-say-die villain. Right, Brajira. Every single team, Brajira. every single movie, even movies where it's not the main star, but just a partial star. And even in the, the 199 Heroes movie, he comes back. He was in all three teams, both Ghost Ranger movies, <laughs> the 35th anniversary movie... It was, I think he was in Kamen Rider Cross Super Sentai as well. I'm sure. Probably. Why not? Just just why not? He's just there. Boredoran. Referencing. Boredoran. Um, right, he, he's Boredoran, and then he becomes Blade Run. Uh, well, that's, that's he's a reference to Blade Runner. Well, right. Anyway, so, um, and uh, our, our next tweet, my, my phone just restarted, and now it's trying to do a lot of things at once. I don't think we have any more tweets. Uh, and if we do, then we'll read them on the next show. Uh, Colton, uh, we don't have any emails because people just stopped emailing us. Aww. Uh, but that, Colton, that, that, that if people want to email us, like Ethan Daniels, who will email us if we ask him to, and we just asked him to, so Ethan, email us. <laughs> Where do they send those emails? Well, I, I've probably been saying it too fast, at least I'll say it slowly. You can find us at P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S-E-N. T-A-I at gmail.com. I guess maybe they, don't know to, maybe they don't know how to spell Gmail. So if you don't know how to spell Gmail, that's G-M-A-I-L. And if you want to get to the at sign, generally it's going to be shift and then the number two. 
and not on the keypad. You got to press it on the above the QWERTY. So two is is above between Q and W. So just shift two, and then the period is uh, it's it's just below M, just below L rather. So two next to two to the right of M is where you find the period. So uh, it's podcast.gmail.com. So. And if you wanted to know, QWERTY is a reference to the keyboard starting off with letters Q W E R T Y. Right. At the top left. Right. See, so if you can see that Q W. So just send those emails. I'm sure you guys just had some trouble understanding what we were how to how to send those emails. I'm sure that's why we're to- we're totally not being dickholes right now. <laughs> um. So uh, if if you want to tweet us, you can send us tweets to at Sentai Rangers and Colton. Try to spell that. I th- I think we've been getting plenty of tweets, so maybe maybe they could understand the at Sentai Rangers. I think all the kids know Twitter these days, but they forgot about email. Right, yeah. So at Sentai Rangers, that's at S-E-N-T-A-I-R-A-N-G-E-R-S. Colton is not on Twitter. Uh, so you guys need to hound us to tell him to tell me hound me to tell him to get a Twitter. Just send I us I don't want I don't want to be a twit. Send us tons of tweets at Sentai Rangers saying, Colton, get a Twitter. Colton, Colton, get a Twitter. Colton, Colton, get a Twitter. Uh, we had a- and if you make if you make a remix, I might actually get a Twitter. Somebody make a remix of that. Saying, Colton get a Twitter. Col- Colton get a Twitter. C- C- Colton get a Twitter. Colton get a Twitter. Colton. Um, I want to hear yeah, that yeah. song. So somebody, anybody out there is able. If anybody out there is able to remix, then remix that. Um, especially remix. Wink, nudge. Colton gets it. Uh, so- yeah, he hates hard. <laughs> so uh, uh, let's see. Let's let's also. What else we have? We we have. Uh, email, Twitter, Facebook. Send us go to go to Facebook. Find us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Sentai Rangers. Actually, find me personally on Twitter if you want to. I'm at Kuhan. Uh, what else and, do we have? And if you and if you're old fashioned like me, just like form posting, you can find our topics at thegrillintercore.com's message board and at the Ranger board. That's right. Yeah, Ranger board as well. And uh, if you want to find us, uh, our website is at podcastsentai.wordpress.com. We're uh, we're hoping to uh, to get a proper website soon. SentaiRangers.com is hopefully something we will buy in the near future. I shouldn't have said that because now somebody will, will buy it instead of us. But you could um, take it out of in editing. Yeah, I'll definitely I'll bleep that. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so uh, we definitely want to look into getting a real website soon. And you know, part of getting a real website, Colton, is getting real money. And you know, you can send us real money by going to podcastsentai.wordpress.com. There's a little PayPal button on the right side of that on the right side of that site. And you can just click that little PayPal donate button and donate however much you think is is appropriate. And uh, and this episode had no sponsors because the previous episode that announced the sponsors hadn't been released yet. So um so so, you know, if, so once again, if you send fifteen dollars or more, uh, you can in, in a little. <laughs> this sounds like a PBS thing. If you pledge fifteen or more dollars, you can get a tote bag. That's right. A to- no, you are not giving a tote bag. Fifteen or more dollars. What are we a Kickstarter? Yeah, for for if you if you just pl- if you put in fifteen or more dollars, we'll uh we'll we'll read we'll read an advertisement for you on the show. So you'll just send this little thing in the advertisement thing. Just be like, hey, uh, plug my plug my Twitter, plug my website, plug my band. We get a lot of we get a lot of listens. Like we have a lot of listeners. So uh, I think if you if you if you pledge if you pledge some money and get a sponsorship, you might actually get a, a nice enough boost. Um, this is actually remind a reminder. I did not know that No Pink Spandex was doing this when I first thought of the idea. And then and then the next day I found out that we were going to be getting advertisements on No Pink Spandex. Thanks, by the way, once again to Comrade Pez. Oh, yeah, we were surprised by that advertisement. And do you know what I love? Our first advertisement right on the interview with Brian Ward. Yeah, well, I mean, I wasn't surprised because, like, I knew that it was going to happen because Pez was emailing us. And you wrote the advertisement, Colton. 
Oh yeah, but I assume the timing of it. Right. Yeah, it was a little. It was a little weird that uh, that it was with that interview with Brian Ward, and uh, we were trying to also get an interview with Brian Ward, and the PR guy never emailed us back. Uh, I'm hoping that uh, Brian will get on the uh, form again and get a chance to answer my question. There. We're, we're we're trying to get them on the show, but I, I mean, we don't we, we don't we don't have uh, we don't have a lot of uh, experience uh, navigating uh, actual TV personalities and stuff and DVD manufacturers. So. Yeah. We don't, it's not like it's not like com, comic writers who will hand out your, hand out their home personal number like please call me. We we we, we don't got that NPS money. <laughs> the the mighty cash empire they are. The mighty and the mighty Nopix Mandex Empire. Uh, so so that, there was... are there are guerrilla marketing firm B. <laughs> that's... And we're a bunch of delusional nerds with no money who just get lucky. Sometimes. So that that's it for this episode of. Of podcast and the Power Rangers. Uh, clearly, no fixed banners in our bill. We should fight them. That'd be great if we if we all go to Power Morphicon and like, hey, we should totally fight and see what happens. I'll have to you have to get our uh, costumes up. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I'll dress as Amon from from Korra because oh, I was why not? Keep red. No, shut up. <laughs> yeah, I'll dress as a Kiba yellow. Uh. He's about uh, to fight Malshina or something. Anyways, so that that's it for this episode of Podcast of the Power Rangers. Until next time, give us money and may the power protect you. And rock it up. Rock it up.